Yeah, she'll teach you how to be artistically you. Not afraid to talk about what's taboo. So don't play small. Join the podcast with Nikki Collins. Autism Unmasked. Welcome to this week's episode. And I am joined with the amazing Jude Morrow from NTI which is Neurodiversity Training International. And Jude is a twice TEDx speaker. Once he used his voice, the second time he did not, which I'm sure he can explain a little bit more about in a moment. He has two books out there. And I do believe that there is another book in the pipeline, which is completely different to his advocacy work, his autism work, and it's fiction. And it sounds pretty cool. So thanks so much, Jude, for being here today. We've known each other for quite a while now. And it's it's been amazing to see how far you've come as well, because you've just done some amazing things. And you're like a machine, man. You just go and go and go. I know. I've, I've managed to find the secret to getting more than 24 hours in a day. Um, <laughs> it seems it's, 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 it's been busy. It's been great. And it's... Uh, it's it's all it's all exciting stuff ahead, which is which is brilliant. Um, and and thanks so much for the the introduction. I must take you with me everywhere I go uh, to give <laughs> me that uh, introduction, uh, which is great. But uh, I, I know you were on my podcast as well, so whenever you, you were setting up your own, I was like, I'm going to be the first to book in. I'm doing it right now. I'm jumping into the calendar, and here I am, and uh, I'm delighted to be here. Right, that means I'm going to have to schedule our show first, then, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Number one, top of the Christmas tree. Our star, Jude Morrow, with Nikki Collins. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you fit it all in, Jude? I mean, have you cloned yourself? Um, Well, I have in in a lot of ways where, I mean, like all, all the work I do with kind of business mentoring and development is the principle I always kind of work off is nobody has it all figured out. Nobody, I don't have it figured out, you don't have it figured out, and neither does one individual. And what you do need to do is clone yourself, and how you need to clone yourself is by hiring. So if you get to a point where you're at a full coaching practice or a full agency, you need to bring other people on, whether that's a VA, other people to deliver, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's pretty much what I've done where, I mean, a while back when we would have first known each other, NTI was a team of three, now it's a team of nine. So it's get it's getting more and more people kind of on board. That's how you grow and scale any business because if it's one person, one individual, and something happens, whether that's a family bereavement or something happens, illness, Lord forbid, then your business isn't decimated. So yeah, I've cloned myself to a degree and would urge everybody out there to do exactly the same. Yeah, it's it is important because you do only have a certain amount of hours in a day and although there are 24 of them you don't want to be using all of those to uh burn yourself into the ground exactly and that, and that's where I, that's where i was about five six years ago whenever i was doing like coaching for autistic teens and young adults where i was working at like part-time as a social worker at that time and then doing like coaching bits on the side and I had taken up all of my time. I was 
taking all the calls. I was finding all the leads. I was doing all the delivery whilst working full time, whilst, you know, having like my son and then Penny and then Penny's kids and everything else. And it was just, it was just a one way kind of journey to ruin. And I suppose kind of like driving with a handbrake on, you know, that's because it's so limiting time is that you, you can't scale it. It doesn't matter who you are or what you are, or what you do, or how good your offer is, you know, you have to, you have to get more people through the door. And when you get more people through the door, you can then train them to replicate in a way what you do. Do you outsource tasks that aren't work related as well? Because when I, before I moved, I used to, like, I hate cleaning and I love, I love my garden, but I have no discipline to to or incentive to go out and maintain it to keep it beautiful so I had a cleaner and I had a gardener and I've just found a local butchers who do homemade like home cooked grub and they freeze it and I'm like yes and it's cheaper than what I could make it myself so I'm just like give me all the food this is like my personal chef now <laughs> yeah I do outsource that and this is no word of a lie right this is a virtual background and as the summer holidays I am at home my like my housekeeper is here now nice <laughs> Paula, she's downstairs so paula actually gets a shout out on the podcast i must actually tag her whenever it comes out where uh, i go up i close the door and then uh you know penny and the kids are all at work on their summer clubs and stuff like that and then by the time i get out of like chats with nikki collins and other fun exciting nti stuff i can i can i have a lovely clean house and it's the best thing ever so i do outsource other things too that's the right thing to do where if you can get, you know, even your shopping delivered. Yeah. Get your shopping delivered. You know, get 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 a housekeeper, get a cleaner. It's not a snobby thing where cleaning your house is it's a it's a time consuming thing. It is. It and is. that's time that you can turn into other money. I would much rather be working with a client or having a conversation with someone like yourself than cleaning my toilet. <laughs> Simply put. And it always amazes me that people say, oh, you need to be able to develop the skills to go out and go shopping or to do this, that and the other. And it's like, hang on, there's always someone that loves to do these things. So my cleaner loves to clean. I don't, but she does and she gets money for it. So it's a, it's a balanced exchange. And Exactly. So I think just when people think of outsourcing and cloning oneself, <laughs> you automatically think of like the business side of things and not necessarily these little things at home and the bits that we just don't like, which are outside of our zone of genius. Yeah, exactly. So and anything, if you wake up in the morning and think, gosh, I hate doing this, uh, outsource it. Totally. Absolutely. Outsource. Couldn't agree more. So with your books then, I mean, you've started with your, um, which one was it? Um, Why Does Daddy Look So Sad? Which is about your journey with Ethan as your neurotypical son and being an autistic father. I've listened to that. It's brilliant. And I just think it, it's just, it's fantastic. Well, that's why it was so successful. That's why it picked up so well, because it was needed. I did, I, I did not expect it at all mm. where at that time i mean i was making i was making good money i had went up the social work rungs a little bit i uh had a side gig coaching business i've always been a prolific art collector um 
whether it's buying stuff, you know, moving stuff on. You know, I was doing very well and I wrote a book and had no expectations of it whatsoever. Mm. And it just it just seemed to to grow from there. And it, it actually won the Love and Now gold medal last last year, two years ago, 2021. So that, that, that was pretty big. There was no ceremony because of COVID or anything. Uh, but, you know, but I got the medal and the certificate that's it's it's in here somewhere. And <laughs> I mean, it just it just left. It just took off. And I it wasn't the plan in any way, shape or form. I mean, at that stage, I felt whenever I was writing it, life is good. And I suppose that's what accelerated my footprint in the kind of autism and neurodiversity advocacy scene. In that way, but there was some there was some really cool stuff that I had in that book that I would have loved to have had in it. Where one of one of my special skills uh, that people took advantage of whenever I was a social worker was whenever I started out um, early kind of placement first year, I'd uh, worked in a team that kind of managed the children's homes. So I was in and out of the you know children's homes, you know the statutory homes. And because of the like autistic attention, eye for detail, it's like I memorized all their clothes, where, where they stood. And even if some of the same clothes, they always wore them a bit differently. <laughs> and any anytime any of the kids decided to run away, it was always me that was sent to bring them back again. <laughs> so I would have loved to have had that in. That, that didn't make it in. Where the, there's a lot of stuff that could have went under that book, but didn't. So, you know, it, it, could, be a, it, it could be a bit of a sequel. And then... The second book, which was Loving Your Place in the Spectrum, which was out earlier this year, is a bit of a, a composite piece with contributors, you know, kind of outlining the main kind of question areas that people ask about autism and neurodiversity as a whole and given more perspectives, more than just my own. And they were both published by Beyond Words, the publisher of The Secret, which was which was a, a, a great experience. I've loved that. Yeah. And... One thing that I think is really healthy, believe it or not, is is taking a break from it now and again. Is taking a break from the autism advocacy thing, and you know, I I over the last few months, four or five, you know, no, since the start of the year, I thought, God, I've been doing this a while now. I want to put the hyper focus and attention onto something else. Yeah, which is why I wrote like a, another like a novel. Like that's a bit, it's a bit different. It's kind of like, you know, the equivalent of the band's experimental third album. Right. Yeah. It makes sense. I would encourage that to everybody as well is take a break now and again. Uh, you're you're, you're going to need it. Burnout's a real thing. Oh, yeah. It absolutely is. And the problem is, is when you're in burnout or heading towards it, you can't help yourself and you can't help other people while you're while you're in that state. I just started getting back into art, actually, and sculpting. So that's uh, just something where I can lose myself for hours. And because I'm not going for this super classic, realistic sort of stuff that I was doing before, it means that I don't have to be a perfectionist and I don't know if you know, but quite a few autistic people can be quite the perfectionists and they won't put stuff out there. And of course you've got the rejection sensitivity as well. So it's like, Oh my God. But I'm yeah. doing that and I'm actually entering into an art exhibition next month. So Ooh. yeah. I saw your, your horse head. Yeah. Are you, you're sculpting now? Yeah. 
I've always Ooh. sculpted, well, I sculpted for a few years. I used to do a sort of crafty businesses here and there, but obviously things have changed over the years and it's more of a side sideline hobby and something that or um, special interest maybe <laughs> yeah, that's that's what the writing is for me too you mm. know especially the writing of the the current kind of book that's to come out um, hopefully later this year very early next uh it, it's i would say to everybody if you're feeling fed up and the you know the fight's gone out of, out of you a bit is to take a break step back a bit and focus on something else that you really enjoy exactly i'm I'm on my last chapter of my book now. I know. I saw that on Facebook yesterday. You're yep. in the, you were a few pages in. I'm 26 words into the final chapter, which is an amazing chapter. It just finishes the book on such a high. But altogether, it's about 170 pages written of book. Oh, book pages or is it like, Actual, eight, like laptop pages? No, 170 um pages of actual book have been created so by the time I finish it's going to be about 200 page book so once it's all edited and put together and I'm super excited that goes live in November and it's only mm. taken two years around everything that I've been doing I'm quite I'm quite happy with that and the thing is once you've done one just the ideas just start to spiral I'm like I could do this I could do that da, da, da. I'm like, stop brain stop <laughs> Are you having a lodge? I will be. I'm not sure how that looks yet, but I will be. I'm, I, I'm going, whether it's virtual or in person. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how it looks yet, but I, before I moved from Suffolk, one of the last, the very last networking meetings I went to, I met a guy who helps self-published authors, and he's been working with me. He's built my Twitter account up. And he's just been doing so much work behind the scenes for me. He's absolutely brilliant at what he does. And he'll be helping me with those steps as well. So he knows what he's doing, unlike me. <laughs> yeah, like, self-publishing, it can be a bit of a, a minefield. I mean, the first book I actually self-published before Beyond Words, picked them both up, the second mm. uh, re-release of it, and then the, the second book. So, I mean, self-publishing is always a good a good option because you have, like, more control, more creative control. Like, even this new novel that I'm putting out, like, that's going to be self-published as well. Good. Well, hopefully it just takes off for you. And if it doesn't, at least it's given your mind an outlet for something that's healthier and that's going to support you rather than burn you out. Exactly. So what other plans then have you got for coming up? So obviously you've got your, your novel and you've, you've stepped aside a little bit. I know that you're a bit working on a, a new programme, which is sort of um, a version of an older one, which you're putting together, which I've actually gone through, and it's bloody aw- aw- awful. No, awesome. <laughs> absolutely terrible. Terrible. This is a, it's absolutely awful. This is going to be a test of your podcast editor now. Uh, <laughs> That's me. So- so yeah, that, that's that's what I've kind of done with MTI. Now we were, had a pretty broad net in, in the last, you know, especially a couple of years. You know, with COVID, you know, especially with the charities and stuff like that. But I've I've always found that my real strength is in the startup realm, where what I wanted to do with this new program, which is the eighty day neurodiversity business, is to have all the tools and pillars 
that we have given everybody over the years to go up to six and seven figure coaching businesses and any other businesses as well, whether that's training, consultancy, we've even had apps and digital services go through that as well. Where, I mean, because to me, what you need to have a successful kind of business in this sphere is you need to have a good logo, a good website, a good brand, a good message, a good customer, a good product, a good service. And if you've got these additional three kind of bonus things, which is kind of taken from Ahmed Munawar, which is a good social presence, a good likable image, and a results mechanism. Mm. And what I mean by a results mechanism is being able to demonstrate your process to people and show them how it'll work for them. Yeah. Then if you have all of those key pillars, you're going to be a step ahead of um, of of most others. Now, I'm a big fan of collaboration rather than competition. Mm. Yeah, me too. But, but as but in real kind of economic terms, I mean, there is a competition element mm. within that. And most of those who have all of those key pillars within their brand, their strategy, uh, are the ones that are winners and that people want to buy from. So it's kind of compressed that into uh, into a program that we're going to go live with a little bit later in the year. Yeah, I'm I'm reworking one of my programs at the moment, which I'm taking live later on in the year. It's a perfect time to do it. And working programs incredibly fun. Sarcasm. It's incredibly fun. Holy God, it is, it, it is, it is a, it is a tough thing to do. But you know, whenever it goes live, it's great. It's whenever it's like, cool, we're out there, we're going, we're out into the world. Well, the thing is, the harder something is, the better the results are when you get it out there, and you can just stand back and be really proud of of what you what you're managing to achieve and who you're taking along with you as well. Because I know that. When, when you and I met, I was at a, quite a low point in my business and it's just gone from strength to strength to strength since that point. So I know that the reworked version of that program is just going to be mind-blowing. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be immense and I love this too. I'm like, hey, go on, Nikki, anytime I see things like this, because <laughs> uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I, I think I actually said this to somebody recently, were you still working in the bank when we first met or had you just left? No, I wasn't working in the bank. I left the bank. I left, actually left the bank years ago. So yeah, my my background was corporate and corporate banking for my sins. <laughs> but I actually lost my job. I was I was sacked, wow. and it took me so long to even be able to say that I was sacked because there was so much shame around it. And it's just one of those things. It happens. I made a couple of mistakes. So did four other people in the branch. And we was made examples of. But if that hadn't have happened, I wouldn't be where I am now because I wouldn't have had the freedom to be out of work in the way I had been because then I decided that, you know what? No, I'm going to take my future into my hands and I'm not going to put it into somebody else's hands because why should I? So, <laughs> and I've learned a hell of a, hell of a lot in that free time that um, being sat had opened up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's it's because even with, with being sacked, I've been sacked from stuff before. I never I didn't get sacked from any social work jobs, but I got I got sacked from a couple of retail units because I wasn't retail wasn't for me. <laughs> um, 
whenever I was very young and like as a student and stuff like that. So like, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes, you know, you're not a good fit for something, something's not a good fit for you and that's okay. Where it doesn't matter, you know, how far you've come in life. Like even with the, the KFC man, Colonel Sanders, like he didn't discover or find and start to grow KFC until he was what, 70 something? Something, something like that because it's yeah. never too late it's never too late to make a change because there's people that that you know i or one of the, the team would come on a call with and say you know am i am i am i too old to go through your work and i'm like oh, no no i'm like am i too old to start a business i'm like no <laughs> i mean that is just crazy talk exactly i one of the questions i ask people is if age money social status you have no restrictions, including people's judgments, what would you go and do? What would you do? And it's just like, oh, wow, I've never really thought of it that way because I always kind of put these limitations. And it's amazing what sort of stories people tell themselves to keep themselves in that place of smallness. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the comfort zone. Like yeah. if, you have a tiny, if you have a tiny comfort zone, the only way you can get out of that comfort zone or is to push it wider. Yeah, that's that. That's what you need to do because that's what you know. All the usual kind of things that come part and parcel with the ND community, and that's why I wanted to incorporate all of those things into the work that I'm doing because we could just be a standard, you know, business growth agency, yeah. you know, which can apply to any business. So we could take anybody from hair extensions to hot dog stands, but we don't want to do that because there's a lot of more nuances when it comes to neurodivergent people setting up their own businesses. Because I've been through all those things, the rejection sensitivity, the mm-hmm. imposter syndrome, and all of those things that I think need to be at least managed, if not overcome completely, before going into that realm. And if, how that process starts is by a true willingness to take action and make a change, because everybody thinks of risk. Oh, what about the risk? You know, but risk and reward, there's no reward without risk. Risk and reward are the same thing. Exactly. I said to a client the other day, literally this week, if you don't ask, the answer will always be a no. And then they went off and they used their voice in a way that they'd never used it before. And it's just these simple little things that you start to realise that you have a lot more power than you ever give yourself credit for. And we aren't here to play small. So you might as well just jump out that comfort zone and that resistance that you feel before you kind of make those breakthroughs just shows you that actually you're going in the right direction. Just keep going one step at a time. It's the best thing ever. Like, cause whenever I sort of started, because I'd, I'd owned and, you know, invested in, you know, like a couple of things, you know, like early on and I was always restrained, but whenever I got the, like the push, to go it was it was the best thing I ever done it's like i'm addicted to it now it's like yeah. i'm a thrill seeker like it's like i'm in my comfort zone and i don't like this mm-hmm. whereas beforehand i'd have been like i'm in my i'm in my comfort zone and i do like it because it's comfort where it's nearly like it's called the comfort zone but it's really i would call it the non-growth zone yeah you're, you're i don't like being in are. the comfort zone no yeah, it's all right for a little bit. And then I start to get itchy feet and think, oh, there's got to be something else. And there is, there always is. There always is. Always. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that, that, that'll, never, that'll never stop. 
that'll never stop if you're proactive and you want to make a change because you know in the comfort zone like even people that just take a call with me just to chat or like what you know why am I not getting any clients and mm. I'm saying because you're not putting yourself out there and they say but I'm afraid to put myself out there you know rejection sensitivity and stuff like that but I say but you're kind of being rejected now yeah. you know because you're not you're not where you want to be you know like you know what but what about people that won't reject you it's yeah. like because I'll explain where I was especially when the first book came out I had something like 55 star reviews on Amazon and then there was one two star review and see that two star review I think I'd lost sleep for a good 10 days over it yeah where I was very much see the other positive reviews they didn't matter but the negative one did matter and that like really wrecked my head it really did it was a pain yeah it's getting out of that now where I'd say I'm out of that zone now and other people that I like to work with are out of it because you're 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 not going to please everybody, and as soon as you learn that, your your life will change forever, forever and ever. Yes. <laughs> no, again, I totally agree, and that's why I say that to people all the time as well. Because if you focus on that, just that those one out of all of the good that you've done, out of all of the amazing stuff that people have said to you, you focus on those couple of little bits where people just haven't got the message and that's okay it wasn't their message to receive clearly <laughs> it wasn't it really really wasn't hmm. so do you reckon you're going to do more books oh I, I think I will I think I, I like I want to see how this one goes first which is a completely different thing but there's been some ND elements kind of captured into it because I mean here Derry, where I'm, where I'm from, where I love, where I was born and, and raised. Like this year was a, a big local year, and that it was the 50th anniversary of Bloody Sunday. And I didn't know an awful lot about it. I, I wasn't really versed in local history. And I started to look into it and I started to get a bit of an interest in it. And in all the photographs I saw, there was these like people in white coats and grey fancy uniforms. And I was like, who are they? And I found out they were the Knights of Malta, or which is the Order of Malta Ambulance Corps who were volunteer first aiders, mostly children, teenagers, who basically went from, you know, giving out plasters at football matches, you know, helping little old ladies into mass, to like a, a, an active war zone with live ammunition. You know, that was the kind of transformation that they took, and that really kind of fascinated me. Mm. And I thought, surely somebody's written their biography. Nobody. I mean, they'd never really been studied in any great depth. Uh, so... I thought, okay, I will give this a go. And, of course, went down the special interest rabbit hole and gathered all these pictures and started meeting them and emailing them. And we've met a couple of times. And I just be starstruck whenever I meet them because, to me, they're like, they're they're heroes. And they all think I'm mad. But then again, (laughs) we're in, in, in most places, if you put tea and cake in front of people, conversation flows. And that's where I kind of got the kind of main bulk of the book, um, but it's 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 been it's been really really interesting, and I'm kind of working, uh, you know, not alongside, but I, I mean, the Museum of Free Day been really good to me, uh, connecting me with people and stuff like that. And, and like, I do like my classic info dumping, where I'm like, oh, I found something interesting here. It is in a big sprawling long two thousand word email, <laughs> which I mean, not not many not many people get. 
but uh, I, I mean, but it's, it's, been, it's been fun nonetheless. It's been good to kind of apply myself to something else. I think it's given me a kind of a new kind of new form of energy, you know, to do something else. So it's like, I would say to anybody, if you have a special interest on the side, you need to have a hobby, like pursue that. You know, with advocacy, it's it's almost like a marriage. You know, you always need an outlet mm. of your of your own. Where I'd find myself with advocacy and stuff like that, as much as I love it and want to create change, I found myself almost being married to it. Totally understand you know, that. Where, where it was everything I lived, I breathed, mm. and everything else, and didn't really have much of an outlet. So that that's what this new book has done for me. Hopefully, it's out by the end of this year or early next. You've done that quick then. And it's almost finished. That's because I did the kind of, you know, I was like really a high volume of hours on it where it was like, oh, where I'd got all the other clones, you know, the NTI clones to do a lot of work. Yeah. Where And I was like, I get to go and write this book and I get to interview people and I get to take people for lunch and have tea and cake and pints occasionally. <laughs> um so yeah, like that's that that's the way that worked. So I had the time to put into it, and oh, well, I put in the time. I have more time, and then more time on top of that again, because it's just imagine. yeah, like seven eight hour settings in the one go. Ooh. Oh. oh, that is uh, that is what you call hyper focus engaged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that that's exactly what it was it was complete and utter hyper focused not nothing would deter me like i mean the house could have crumbled down around me and i would have been still looking at pictures on google of the knights of malta and Derry from the 1960s and 70s wow. and i wouldn't have stopped until i found what i was looking for <sighs> awesome awesome well let me know when that's coming out because i'd like to have a read of that because it sounds absolutely fascinating so it could be interesting to see where you go because you, you do change directions and it is always interesting to see where you go and it's it's about staying in that box isn't it you don't put jude in the box he won't stay in there they'll pop out and be writing over here or doing something over there <laughs> yeah that's exactly it and it's it's like wow i wonder what things will be like in two years because uh you know, two years ago, I didn't think I'd be here now mm. in the position that I'm in. And I'd be interested to see what it'd be like in, in two years' time. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be writing another book, which I'm not going to share any details on today. But mm. if it continues to go as well as it is for you, it might be something that um, I end up interviewing you for. So no. I, I will tell you after we stop recording. So that will be uh, that will be classified information. <laughs> Uh, it's been lovely to be here it's been great to chat can you stop the recording and tell me more about this place thank you very much www.neurodiversity-training.net uh, reach out to me connect with me on LinkedIn there we go there's the outro stop recording now please so I can hear more about this <laughs> alright and this podcast will now last for approximately three hours more actually I can't do that because um, I've got other people to speak to today but <laughs> so where can people find you Jude you can find me on LinkedIn Yep. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. I'm just under Jude Morrow or Neurodiversity Training International. Uh, I have the NTI site, which is neurodiversity-training.net and judemorrow.com. So I'm easily found. I like to think that I have one of the most open doors in the sphere. Jump in, have a chat. 
and um yeah that's pretty much that's pretty much me and i've i've loved being here it's always nice to catch up i know we speak reasonably frequently but uh, like it's it, it's uh it's always a pleasure every single time yeah it certainly is i love speaking to you so thank you jude for joining me today and for our listeners don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never have to miss an episode again thanks for tuning